0: Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels-Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, let hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And this series this month is amazing. It is called Thankfully Living Your Why. And our first episode out of the gate is unbelievable. The episode is called 2 Plus 2 Equals Love, and you'll find out a little bit more why later. That's why the title of the episode. But before that, the hashtag, the diversity duo, Doc, how the hell are you? I'm awesome. Can't you tell? Yeah, you look look like you're in the groove,
1: baby. I sound less than Louise Jefferson. I'm coming back to me. we but we love Louise. Well, I'm sick of her. (laughs) <laughs> I've had her voice since May, long COVID
0: yeah. gone. Yeah. I well, congratulations. It. Yeah.
1: You know how it happened. Uh, wait, let me tell you real quick. I'm Guess good, what too. I did? All those doctors appointments and things, right? And all those different I had a Reiki healing the other Ooh. day. And every wait, ever since then has been coming back a little more a little more a little more i promise
0: well lisa Just Tahir here would love to hear that right who? got the woo-woo in full effect who wants to hear that lisa tahir all lisa. all things therapy oh yeah oh yeah. there's so many people it's not woo anymore it's it's i'm telling you it's a real deal i mean but anyway I'm happy. It's, it's it's a little woo-woo for me, but I'm happy for you. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm a little somber today. Uh, Loretta Lynn passed away. I know! At 90, I just saw it. I mean, that's a hell of a run, but still, yes. I mean, who's going to fill her shoes, you know?
1: Well, no one
0: for about 60 years. I'm just saying. Yeah
1: did
0: you get uh -uh. i'm just the level of prolific that she was i mean i i had to mention it today i know this comes out in november and you know we're recording before then but i had to mention it today because you know all my family's from kentucky and so my papa was a coal miner and obviously my mother her sister and her brother were you know Coal miner kids. So my mom was a coal miner's daughter, and it just it it just, it just hit really profound. So I just didn't know like what your thoughts were on that, or or if you'd heard about it yet. So
1: oh yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, I'm stuck on Papa. Oh wait, yeah. I heard that Papa and Me uh,
0: Papa and Danny, but yeah, not you. Someone else has a Papa and Me Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but now, what did you call? What would you call your grandparents? What grandparents? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I didn't know if that, Well, I had.
1: Yeah. In my adoptive family, and we'd call them grandma.
0: Yeah, but for our listeners that don't know, if you've been living under a rock, the doc, you know, had twenty, twenty-two different mothers. Mothers. Right?
1: Yeah. And mothers three and four came back into my life after forty eight years last weekend. I heard from
0: Congratulations. Both- oh, That's I so know. cool. Oh well that is so cool.
1: Ooh,
0: I love that. I not uh, speaking of moms, uh, yeah. today's episode sure. is I honestly I don't even know where to begin to unpack. Good googly moogly. Uh, first of all, this couple, because I don't know what they identify as lesbian, gay, you know, we'll find all that out too, but we'll remember Lisa identified as gay. Yeah. She's groundbreaking. Right. Exactly. Well, they, they're obviously groundbreaking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So stumbled into it, I think. Yeah. So this couple is, was pregnant at the same time. Yes. And one hey, baby hey, is already hey, here, hey, and
1: hey, it's, back it up, back it up. We got to start it right. This yeah, sure. married, legally married, bona fide marriage license totem. You
0: you can always tell when we have an LGBTQ plus community I member on on I'm the uh, on, on the show because his peak you know how peacocks strut. Lauren's feathers just come on out and he just starts strutting they they can't see it. Yeah. No one can see that, but it's very beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Well, you should take a picture of that and put it on our Facebook page. Okay. License for love podcast. Got it. Shameless plug for y'all to go like the page and check out the cool shot. But, um, but yeah, so check this out. Not only does this married, beautiful, I'm just gonna say lesbian couple for now, uh, and if they change it, that's cool, whatever, um, are bringing these amazing babies in the world. They had one sperm donor, right? But two different processes of how they elected to bring the babies into the world.
1: You see what I'm doing, (laughs) Jax? I learned this too from the regular lady. I'm breathing. Because I want to back up again and okay, say, back it up. I just want to say this. Did you learn nothing from our good friend, Rob Shearer, who said, I'm not a gay dad with five kids. I'm just a dad who happens to be gay. So this is just a couple that just had a baby and go have another one. That just happens to be lesbian.
0: I love that. I think that's great. That's why you're the yin and the yang, you know, the sweet to my tea. Ooh. You know what I mean? Stop
1: before I convert you.
0: <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really am. Uh, I was blown away. So a couple of things that we need to get into, um, you know, me and my iPad here. Here comes that the day. I want, I want the audience to be able to understand because I'm still unpacking it myself. Okay. First off. For all you people out there, they're like, hmm, what are these women doing having babies and they ain't got no men's and they're in a homosexual relationship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Just park your car for a minute, turn up your radio and listen to the facts here, okay? So, LGBTQ and heterosexual family planning start from the same place, according to fertility.womenininfants.org. Okay, so there's a general health check. Okay, infectious disease testing, ovarian reserve testing would include blood work and a pelvic ultrasound, uterine studies. Okay, and genetic testing. What's that? You're bordering on TMI. What? Because I said uterine? Ugh, I'm gay male. That's, ooh, I mean, ooh, like, ooh, can ooh. we keep it out of the. Ugh. Okay. So so what I wanted to ask right. you real quick is, all right, I went and seen the movie Bros with Linda. I don't know if you've seen it yet or not. Oh, was it good? Um, It was a great rom-com that just happened to be about gay folks.
1: Oh, good answer.
0: Okay. And then Linda and I have been watching a show on Showtime, which is epic. I don't know if it's won any awards or not, but I love it. It's called Queer as Folk. Lord and he has it? I, I've got he to ask you again, right now. What's that? We're Brian and I. We're watching They're watching I, Queers, I, folks. The I, new I, one or the original? The original. Yes, the original's fantastic. The one, he didn't like that remake, that reboot. So we, yeah, said, I don't think we let well. I love yeah. the original. Yeah. So I got to ask before we get him in here. The depiction that they show in bros as well as queer as folk, is that gay men and lesbians kind of have mm. a thing. what What is that?
1: It's true. It, is, it true. is true. Yes, I don't know what it is. I don't I have been friends with a lesbian woman once or twice. Um, one of them because she was born on the 1st of July, just like me. And she was a real dude, though, for real. She could bench press. Boy. So that was out in L.A. And then, but never a couple. And I don't know what it is. Brian and I, and he's a therapist, you know, um, relationship, marriage therapist. And we can't figure it out. They just don't usually like gay guys. So like what you see in the show, because um, I haven't seen bros, so I'm speaking about queers folk i i think that's just some 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 you know license to just create um i don't know maybe they have some gay guy friends but for the ones that i have met they usually don't want anything to do with us
0: interesting i know maybe it's because you don't want to hear words like you know uh fallopian tubes in the uter- oh, uterine you know, uh, studies that that could, might be well,
1: plus two you know one thing brian says it all the time lesbian couples they're, they're not into that play around and go out and date other people and open relationship they don't play that and so for a lot of um gay guys even ones that are in i'm doing air quotes committed relationships uh monogamy all that they still go out and do that you know cheating and all that we don't that's why we got married so yeah but i think a lot of the lifestyle of just like the gays they depict on uh, queer Folk is not what they do. Those two on there, they go out an awful lot, especially if they have a baby, but um, which is unrealistic. I'm gonna be in the clubs like three times a month, right? Try three times a decade. But anyway, so I don't know, but we're going to get to the bottom of that one
0: today. Yeah, I, I just was, I was personally curious because me it came up in the Bros movie too when all of the communities were represented around the table. Now, can you also explain to me this word cis? Because I don't understand it. C-I-S.
1: I, I just asked Brian that about a month ago. I saw it in somebody's profile. Um they on um, what was it? Something we were looking at. I, was like, I don't know. This man. And I was like, he goes, it's like sissy, I think. It's like it's a guy who relates to as am I I don't even remember. I'm one, he said. I should have checked what it meant when he told me that.
0: I just I dropped think it. it's it's becoming a lot. Like I, I want to respect everybody's position but I don't want to have like a full on dictionary to have relationships with people. You know what I mean? And it, I mean, that was one thing about bros that was a little overwhelming. And also a couple of the articles that I looked up in my research today, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like it was just a lot.
1: Well, clearly because your eyebrows, I've never seen them do the Watusi for such an extended period just now. I wish you guys could see it.
0: Everything you were talking about just now, you were like, your eyebrows were- I mean, listen, this podcast is about being understood, not necessarily agreed with. And trust me, I understand, but I don't necessarily agree with everything that's going on. Now, a couple things that the audience needs to know, okay? One of our guests um, went through the IUI process in order to become pregnant okay and what that means is is that is the oh man i need a i need a masters degree just to even say this the word in, in tr- intran insemination a type of fertility treatment that involves placing sperm oh. inside a woman's uterus oh. close You're to the fallopian tubes in order to increase the chances of conceiving so that means that you know, uh, she actually went through, I know, hold your, hold your breath doc. Okay. So, and then the other process is the IVF process. Okay. Now this is one that I understood the concept of what it was like. I had heard the word, but didn't know what it meant. So IVF is a medical procedure whereby an egg is fertilized by sperm in a test tube or elsewhere outside of the body. Are you with me, Doc?
1: (laughs) I was not prepared. Go Um, on. We're uh, learning here. We're learning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so if you want to, you know, if you want to learn more about either one of those, I mean, I got obviously IVF from the dictionary and I think I got IUI from the dictionary as well. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's the gist of, uh, couldn't you, couldn't you have found something cuter
1: like, um, double baby showers or, a hot gift from Baby Gap this season. Something. Why'd you
0: have to make it all interuterine no, or whatever? I, I think the reason why is because people mm. really need to understand what a serious process it is in order to bring children into this world, no matter what your sexuality is. Well, that's We'll true. be back right after this. Mm-hmm. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeating Relationship Conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey y'all. This is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lorne Michaels-Harris. And today's episode is called Two Plus Two Equals Love. And um, we have some amazing guests coming on here in just a moment. But, Doc, do you have a little ditty on the wonderful Hoffmans before we get them in here?
1: Yes, I do, Jax. (laughs) Why do I always sound like the guy that's announcing the prizes on... You know, one of those game shows when you say that. But yes, I do. I have a ditty. Married couple, Amber and Julie Hoffman, both nurses, started their fertility journey three years ago. Julie began the process first and underwent three IUIs. I'm just going to leave it there. And five IVFs. Oh, my goodness. I know. Who knew? After Julie's last embryo transfer... Excuse me while I vomit in my mouth, I'm back. Amber decided to begin the process and became pregnant on her first IUI attempt. Both attempts were successful and their babies are due three weeks apart. And just let me tell you, I remember because I'm friends with the mama, Misty, right? I remember when I saw that post that they both were pregnant I just couldn't believe but it. it was one of
0: the most beautiful things I think we'd ever seen. And I'm just so excited to have him here. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of beautiful, have you seen baby number one? That image yeah, is unbelievably adorable. No it and she's got, got like photo
1: stuff going on already. Even when she's know. You know-
0: Yeah. She's she's absolutely owning it. She Julie is- Amber, welcome to License for Love. We're so excited to have you on the show today. How are y'all doing? Good,
2: thank you.
0: Good. Yeah, so, you know, you heard the doc and I going back and forth uh, about me using words like IUI and IVF and all these different kinds of things. Um, So I guess the the first question is, and I think what we'll do is we'll start with Julie first and then we'll do Amber in the second segment. Um, No, not like that, doc. Anyways, uh, so Julie... What what was your thought process on why you wanted to get pregnant and why you wanted to take the approach that you took, or you know the the approach that finally took? Because did you do IVF and IUI or did you do just strictly IVF?
3: So we kind of decided we were going to look into starting a family um, when Amber was done with her uh, CRNA program. Um, so we were kind of timing that on her timeline of graduation. So we actually started a little bit prior to her graduating um, where the baby had it been successful the first time would have been due a couple months after her graduation. Um, With the way that I went about it is I did IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. We went that route first because it's cheaper and I didn't have anything I guess, diagnosed as to why I wouldn't be able to conceive that way. Um, so I did three rounds of that. The first round was unsuccessful. The second round ended up in an ectopic pregnancy. And then the third round was unsuccessful. Um, after that, they, we kind of did some more testing just to see if we were missing anything. And we just kind of decided we'd have a better chance um with IBF because with IUIs I think it's like a five to ten percent chance of success. Where I IBF it it increases to well so oh, quite a bit. Yeah, like sixty to seventy percent chance of um being a success. So with that I was successful in getting pregnant, but I could not keep the pregnancies. I kept having miscarriages. So that's where it led to the five IVFs in my last embryo, which finally took to uh, having a little baby.
0: So, mm-hmm. walking us through that in slow motion for cowboys and slow folks like me out there. Um, so, what finally took was the IVF, correct? Yes. Oh, good.
3: Which is where they, like you said, they, they uh, what they do is they stimulate your ovaries um, to produce multiple eggs. And they go in and they take those eggs in a retrieval. And then they take your sperm sample and they uh, combine the two to make an uh, actual embryo. And then they grow them in the lab for a certain number of days to see how many cells um, and how many cells start to form. And so you might get like 23 eggs out, but you only get, you know, eight or nine embryos that you can actually transfer in the end. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Luckily, we're medical, so we can kind of break it down <laughs> right. a little bit.
0: Yeah, even, I'm already on the slow bus. Like I'm over here licking the window. I got my helmet on standby, but you know what? I'm I'm holding on by the reins as as as, as tightly as I can. So
2: even even medical, it was a struggle for us. Yeah, it was a lot, a lot of more, research to a do. Lot, a lot more to it than we expected when we began this. Yeah.
0: Journey. So let's talk anonymous stone uh, sperm donor for a moment, right? Because It's one thing for, is it okay, lesbian couple, married couple? Okay, great. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's one thing for one or the other to decide to have a baby, right? But for you both to decide to have a baby and then for you both to agree on the same sperm donor, was there a lot of back and forth in that? Or did you both just kind of line up really quickly and then I'll turn it over to the doc?
3: Um, we went uh, through one of the cryobanks and we we purchased the largest package that you need, um, find you know get the most information on the donor that we could. So it included um, baby pictures, included adult pictures, it included um, backgrounds, family, medical history, all that stuff. So genetic testing, genetic testing, and so we wanted to have the biggest picture that we could um, of the donor. And um, it it didn't. I mean, we didn't really go back and forth between it. Once we found one, we felt like it was a pretty good fit. We we went. We looked at a couple different cryobanks, but once we landed on it, it wasn't like a back and forth. We were like, this this one seems seems right.
0: Okay, Doc.
1: Okay, first question. Um, do you guys know what the other baby's sex is? You don't. Well, I'm predicting.
2: we didn't find out either i think it's a
1: girl i know you probably want one of each (laughs) because i was just gonna ask well what if the girls i almost wrote it so what if the girl what if the babies as adults because they both have the same donor father what if they say let's go meet our dad is that possible
2: Luckily, we we wanted to go with what's called an open donor, and so an open donor is okay with when the child turns 18, they are able to contact the donor if they have any questions or just want to know about that genetic line or history. So it's nothing. We can't contact the donor. The donor can't contact them, only the babies themselves at 18 Um, are allowed to contact if they wanted. And we felt that was
1: kind of important because everybody kind of wants to know where they came from. Absolutely. Yes, Yes. and part two of the question, because I don't want this to get missed. And because I'm looking for common ground where people um, who are of you know, the heterosexual persuasion or anything other than what you are, which includes myself, to understand the common ground where we are similar. So I want to go to the miscarriage piece. Because couples, you know, that is a hard thing. Once, let alone multiple times. It's like a real death, you know, every time. Can you talk a little bit about how that was? And then, because I see that, but then I see the day when you find out you're both pregnant and it's like, Look at all we went through and look what we got for it. Happy dance, happy dance, happy dance. So kind of touch on that if you wouldn't mind.
3: Um, I mean, with the miscarriages, it, it was hard because with the fertility treatment, you find out so early that, you know, a pregnancy would be successful. Where sometimes when I miscarried, it was at six weeks. Some people might not even realize that they were actually mm. pregnant with that. But you find out with fertility treatment at four weeks that you're pregnant. So you get excited, you know, you're ready. But after you've had a couple of them back to back to back, you kind of become real like uh, guarded, guarded and cautious, your excitement. And then it's like the further you get along, you're like, well, what could go wrong now? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it's and even throughout this last I
2: mean, her last one obviously was successful. We've had the baby, but we were still very like apprehensive. Because of all of the miscarriages and things going wrong, that even up to, you know, past 24 weeks when it's technically viable, we were still just kind of on edge because of the history. We didn't really
3: buy any baby stuff until way late in the game just because we were, you know, we know what can happen. Not that, you know, we thought that's what was going to, but it was just, it was hard to, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy the pregnancy because it was a very smooth sailing pregnancy and I was excited during it, but you still are a little guarded um, after going through multiple miscarriages. And
0: whatnot. So was there some counseling involved or how did y'all support yourself through that every step of the way <laughs> to the finish line? So
2: we, actually, we actually didn't tell anybody that we were doing this. None of our families even knew. They were shocked when three years later, we're like, we're both pregnant and we've been trying three years. so They had no idea.
0: Y'all can't see <laughs> so my face, but whole- I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would be... As a dad, I'd be like, "I remember that."
2: It was very just lean on each other, yeah. <laughs> which luckily, you know, both of us are kind of the the people that aren't big on talking it through and wanting to, you know, cry it out kind of thing. So that was helpful, but it it definitely was difficult, you know, yeah. going through it together and nobody knowing, you know. I so. had
3: I had a couple people at work that um I would talk to just so they would know like the situation if coming into work, you know, that had happened. Um, so some of them were were um, part of the process of you know trying the IVF trying the transfer having a miscarriage and they yeah. were there for that but as far as family the and family and friends go we didn't we didn't tell anybody just more so um, it was kind of a private thing and I think after, I think it was the right thing because after going through a couple of miscarriages, you know ask questions and having to... Tell the same story over and over to the people you've already told i think would have been hard
2: and trying to just relive that moment to every single person that was like successful and then yeah. you have to go into the whole. which some people you know that's great that's maybe what they leaned on but for us we felt it was easier to just have each other and not have to repeat the story several times over and over again and have everybody kind of waiting on edge every time we made another attempt
0: yeah taking every taking everyone on that journey with you every single time would be not only time consuming in terms of the emotional process with everyone around you, but it would also be very emotionally draining because you wouldn't be able to stay focused on, you know, mom and the baby. Uh, Julie, why did you choose Amber as your mate? And how long have y'all been together? And then one second part of that is, when did you look at her and say, I wanna have a baby?
1: Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, how come, what? what made you? Now I see on the screen it says Julie and Amber. So are you t- asking this question based on George and Wheezy? You know what I mean? The, where they put the right. husband's name first. Are you, because you asked. how so, do you know, The Amber, first segment is focused know, on Amber Julie. The
0: second one yeah, is wait, focused on Amber, right? That's what
1: I'm saying. But how do you know Amber didn't ask Julie? And how we'll you, we'll Amber, find that Amber, on the second no. segment. No, but you just said, Julie, why did you choose and why did you guys know what I'm saying here, right? Girls.
2: No, I get what you're saying. It, it kind
1: of sounded like you have already decided that Julie is the husband. <laughs> Brian and I get that. No, no, always, no, no, the, no, the, no, the,
0: no, the no. no. I'm one. simply going off of the segments. I'm not going off of who's wearing what and how and all that. No, no. I'm This is how we go off the rails. Anyways, my question still stands.
3: Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So we've been together for what? 12? 12 going on 13 years. And we've been married for a little over five years. Um, And honestly, I think, you know, we became friends first and just kind of built from there. And we're both very supportive of each other and um, want what's best for each other and help each other grow. Uh, we both, I mean, one more than the other, but we do like to be adventurous and travel. And so it's just, you know, we're, we're able to go through, through life side by side and not one person leading in front of the other.
0: That's uh, awesome.
3: And I think that, so. So when that did works.
0: you say, I want to have a baby?
3: <laughs> what, <laughs> well, it, you know I I'd been talking of, you know, we had wanted to for a while, even prior to her going to school, we had talked about it, but you know, we still had, had some life to live. And I think once, once we knew uh, she was, she was ready to be done with school um, and we were kind of ready to settle down and, and, you know, still travel, but maybe have some kids on board with us. We were, had all our schooling out of the way and, and we're ready for that. So. Awesome.
0: Well, we got to go to break, but when we yeah. come back, we'll get the other half of the story right after this. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And today's episode is called Two Plus Two Equals Love. And we got to hear from Julie in the first half. And now we're gonna focus a little bit more on Amber. And since I led the first half, I'm gonna turn it over to the doc to see what he has for this first half to ask Amber some questions. Doc? Okay, Amber,
1: you're holding the baby. I keep acting like I can look. I'm trying to see. I, I do, I'm you're, you're the, Amber, you're still pregnant, right?
2: I'm still very oh. pregnant, yes.
1: Okay. I just want to know, how far <laughs> ahead have you guys gone? Like, Because, um, Julie, did you deliver early?
3: I did. I delivered um, 37 weeks. My due date was October 12th, and I delivered September 12th. Okay,
1: so so now it could be five weeks apart. Okay. So, so much for those. Well, we'll just have one big old party every year. Are you still (laughs) thinking you're going to pull that off? (laughs) Let me ask you, when you sit and you, you look at the baby and you look at your stomach and you go, here comes another one. Tell me, do you feel, what do you dream? What, what? I'm so jealous. I just got. I'm serious. First of all, it's so wonderful that you two found each other so early in life to be able to do this, and that all the stars were in alignment. Where in 2013, I took a look at the day. Uh, you know, we were able to get married legally. Can you just talk about what that feels like to know that you you're going to have two children who have two. Loving, l- legitimate, um, legal, law abiding—however you want to put it—parents. And how early do you think you will start that conversation? About now, you might get some questions, kids, because dot dot.
2: Oh, I mean, it's definitely—it's definitely nice to to have the marriage and be able to, you know, make everything legal. Because for one trying to use any kind of insurance before that was, you know, not, not possible. So that was a big help that we can actually be on a family plan now and have insurance together. Um, the only drawback we really still have is even though we're both legally married, we both had to sign consents to do these procedures. We still have to legally adopt each other's child. So it's not, we have rights on that child until we do that adoption. Even, Even though our names are on the birth certificates, it gives you no legal power over that child. So there's still some things that can use some work, you know, as far as progress goes, but it's definitely nice to have what we have compared to, you know, 20, 30 years. Absolutely.
1: So, So, okay, let's ask about inside the, the hen house, meaning your extended families. Is the excitement around these babies any different than if Julie you had a husband or Amber, you had a husband? Or do you feel it's the same or even better?
2: I think definitely since, you know, we've been together a good twelve years now, you know, any kind of little hiccups we might have had everybody's past that and everybody was more than thrilled about the two babies. The the way we announced it, we we only said one first and then kind of shocked everybody at the end of the party with the second. And everybody was very shocked and excited
0: wow. to say the least. I know we were shocked and excited and it's, I'm, I'm just, this is the first time I've, I've never experienced anything like this ever in my life. This is just mind blowing. We
2: keep waiting for somebody, we keep waiting for somebody to tell us, Oh, I know someone that did that. Well, you're
0: going to hear that. I do gonna hear that. <laughs> that. Jax, did you no. have anything on that? Uh, I am more so interested in the conversation piece, uh, because I'm a dad, I have two kids, one's 12, one's 25. Um, and for me, it's more so my spouse, Linda, you know, wants to have a baby. She actually wants to have two babies. And I said one baby, but she wants to have two babies. So we're in that process ourselves right now of figuring out like, what that's going to look like, all that different kind of thing. Um, So we've had plenty of different kinds of conversations. Was it going to be kids on the table, no matter whether you could conceive or not? Um, Were you going to adopt? Like, did you know that you absolutely wanted to be parents come hell or high water? Or how did that conversation start? And then how did it lead into the decision between you both of, we're going to have two kids at the same time?
2: So to start that, we never wanted to be pregnant at the same time. It was never the intention. Uh, so back in the day, our friends would always joke like, oh, y'all should get pregnant together. You know, typically straight couples would say that. And we would be like, that's a horrible idea. Why would we ever do that? Who's going to make the errands? Who's going to pick up something when we right. drop it? So that's part of the shock of this. We're still shocked as to how it happened. So with Julie's fertility journey. You know, she had had ten embryos in three IUIs. We went through every single embryo. This was her last attempt. Uh, The fertility doctor even said, "You know, if this doesn't work, y'all need to consider something else." So we were already like, "Okay, well, this doesn't look very good. Let me just try, so I can start the process." It took her three years. It might take me three years. So I started with you know one IUI, which. Low success rate. Usually usually it takes four to five IUIs on average to be successful. So then we find out hers takes and about a week or so later we found out mine took. And so the odds of this happening were very, very slim. Was there like a holy and shit so was- moment
0: for you two? Because I know there would be for me. <laughs>
2: very much so and then you know before we had the ultrasounds we're like oh oh dear god what if one of us has two what if oh. we both have two <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely I'm sweating, not expected.
0: like i'm not even a part of this <laughs> marriage or these babies you know my palms are over here sweating like holy crap <laughs>
2: the whole pregnancy we're still shot. I mean, there'd be days we're just driving down the road and we'll be like, Oh my God, we are both pregnant. <laughs> like it was, like I said, not at all intended. We obviously we knew there might've been a risk, but we thought it was pretty much 0% of that yeah. happening.
0: What, what are some so, of the, what are some of the stress? Like, I, I love us talking about all of the good stuff. Right. And we've also talked about the miscarriage and I'm glad that the the doc brought that up, but I really want our listeners to understand the stress that you have to undergo and how do y'all navigate that stress with all of the hormones and and everything that goes on during one pregnancy, having two pregnancies and also being both women as a loving marriage. You know what I mean? So talk to us a little bit about how you feel those stresses, what they are, how you negotiate them, that kind of thing. Because I know it's not all wine and roses. (laughs)
2: So, I mean, luckily to start with, we both have pretty laid back personalities. We're pretty go with the flow kind of people so honestly what got us through this whole thing was just taking it one day at a time and just seeing what each day brought. Um, We're thankful that we had very smooth sailing pregnancies. We didn't get morning sickness. We're both pretty small as what people keep telling us so you know we didn't have these massive bellies where we didn't have the nausea the morning sickness so that helped out a lot but definitely toward the end it's difficult being both so tired, nobody wants to clean. Nobody wants to cook. You so know, you paper, scissor, rocket, or how
0: time? do you get that done?
2: No, it's a lot of DoorDash, Uber Eats, or <laughs> we uh, we joke now a lot. I'm like, if somebody drops something, who's bending over to pick it up? Like, so there's definitely some drawbacks to being pregnant at the same time. Yeah. But um, but overall, I mean, we're both very, like Julie said, we're both very um, supportive people. So instead of you know, like being, I need this, I need this, we're very much so. What do you need? and no let me help you do this so that that really helps out it would kind of have the same focus in that sense so there's not one particular both-
0: thing that you guys have just been to the wall about and just been like we got to figure out how to negotiate this cuz you're very good at answering politically but like i i want that one <laughs> nugget that is a is a hump that you had to overcome
3: well, I would say just now would be uh, since having Riley, it's been difficult as far as the sleep aspect because I am breastfeeding. Um, so I'm having to wake up every two to three hours or on demand from what they say. So that sleep factor has been very hard on who might like I keep telling Amber, I'm like, you need sleep because you're still growing a baby. But it's like, I also need sleep because I'm trying to feed a baby, <laughs> maintain a baby. <laughs> so and, if
2: anything, we argue as to who needs sleep more. Like, I'll be like, no, you need it. And she's like, no, you need to sleep.
3: You still, but, and, you know, it's, but it's also been with a lack of sleep. Like, you know, we're getting a little bit more frustrated just in general because we didn't know what to expect right away. And we weren't really expecting to an ready. early <laughs> delivery. And so we weren't 100% prepared. And so just kind of talking each other down when we do get that frustration has has really kind of helped us. But there's definitely, I think the lack of sleep has kind of yeah, been working out. Y'all, worse, y'all yeah, can't see
0: their them. faces, listeners, but there is this deer in the headlight, holy shit look on their face every now and then as they're <laughs> talking through this, as they're going through it. Doc, as always, we're out of time once hey. again, but do you want to wrap it up with them?
1: Yeah, I got one question for you. I just want to ask you, since, okay, so you only get so much time, you're both nurses, so you get so much, is it still the same as it used to be where you get so much time for maternity leave? Okay, so Julie, the clock's ticking on yours. Now, if it's five weeks to the, you know, full five weeks, how, what happens if it's time for you to go back to work, Amber's still on maternity leave, but there's two babies.
3: Luckily, um, when I uh, started with this last IVF transfer, I went PRN, which is as needed. And so I'm only working about one shift a week. Um, so dialing that back, I think, is going to help in the long run where we can kind of work out a schedule where I'll be home six out of the seven days. Oh, wow, that's week, great. So.
1: So they work yeah. with you, okay. Luckily, I'm- and the, the last question yeah. for you is this: So I know a lot of people assume, well, good for you, you got your two, but it's possible you might want more. Have you talked about that? Oh. <laughs> nope. Okay, <well. laughs>
3: Julie Julie could maybe do a third. I'm a hard no, Two is plenty. <laughs> prior, prior to having to try the three years, if, if it was a one and done like Amber and was that easy, I would maybe think about a second one. But with how hard it was to get just the one, it, it'd be very very tough for me to try that and go through all that again if that were the case well, i'm
1: gonna say congratulations yeah. and you know i know some people think well what if they have a boy you know what about the male let me just say i had 22 mothers and out of all 22 only two of those homes had a man in house. so 20 of the 22 mothers did it solo so well, I already know what you guys are capable of. Congratulations and thank you for doing something I didn't even know was doable.
0: Yeah, we, we'll <laughs> absolutely have to have you all back on the show and, you know, for a different series. But thank you today. You know, thankfully, living your why is what the series is all about. And if you two did not choose to be honest in your own journey about each other, you wouldn't have this opportunity the way that you have it to bring these two beautiful children into the world. We'll be back right after this with the final thoughts with me and the Doc-A-Lot. Hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeat in Relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message, let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And this series is called Thankfully Living Your Why. And our episode today was called Two Plus Two Equals Love. Doc, <laughs> I'm just speechless. What, what, where do you want to start with this? Because that was just epic.
1: They're so blessed. They're so blessed. I'm so, it makes me so happy. For a number of reasons to see that I'm looking at that baby right now, Julie is holding the baby and I'm like, there's one less baby right now that we have to worry about ending up in a broken system, Mm. you know, because it has, that baby has two loving parents.
0: So triggered once again.
1: I'm telling you, because I mean, I meet kids who came through the foster system who are in their 30s and 40s who still say, All I ever wanted and I still want is to be adopted, to have a place where they belong, that, you know, and they're doing this. And I'm just so grateful that this world got to a place where it's okay and it's possible and it's doable. And most importantly, it's right.
0: Yeah,
1: it's absolutely right.
0: So, you know, from a, from a, from a dad's perspective, I was going to say heterosexual dad's perspective, but from a dad's perspective, um, those are probably two of the biggest rock star moms that I've ever had the opportunity to have a conversation with. And I think one of the things that's important to unpack about that relationship is that Regardless of their sexuality, there, there's key elements that they're applicating on a daily basis. Number one, consistent communication with each other, right? Number two, you know, understanding that there are going to be hardships that they have to overcome and putting a plan together for that. And number three, loving each other and nurturing each other, right? That nurture that you give someone in a relationship. Is so, so very important. And I think that that's why they're able to navigate this the way that they are. Because to talk to them, you would think they'd just be like, ah, ain't nothing but a thing but a chicken wing, baby. You know what I'm saying? Well, look at the numbers.
1: That was another thing that stood out to me when you asked them how long they'd been together. And they'd been together double digits, married a little over five. They got married, I think, the same year, within the same year that Brian and I did. And, uh, 'Cause we were all
0: waiting to see is it really true or they don't take it back. You know, <laughs> let's wait a minute. Right. We're talking about the government, correct? Like right, when exactly. we marriage were, was made legal, $4, 000,
1: yeah. $14,000 To have it reversed. So, but the thing is, look at look at the the time that they invested together. They were together before that date came where they knew that they could get married. Um but I'm sure they talked about a family. Look how long they were together, friends, and then they became the family. Hmm. Um, I'm just it's it's there's a lot of things within this one thing that I think the more we see this, the more we talk about this, the better we're gonna understand everything about all of us, not just lesbian parents, not just gay parents, but parenting. Period:
0: Well, I, I think there's something to be said about, you know uh, and I may get into this in my final thought also but I think there's something to be said about the cultural landscape that people live in, live in, and the fundamentals by which we abide by to our responsibilities, right? That's what we keep seeing consistently is that there may be cultural differences, you know, to explore with inside, you know, different dynamics of personality and things of that nature. But when it comes down to the fundamental aspects of life, sexuality really doesn't applicate, you know, I mean, these people are in a position, you know, these wonderful women are in this position of having all of this major stress and all of this major responsibility all at the same time of bringing life into this world, right? And they're not leading with, well, because I'm a lesbian, I can X, Y, and Z, or because of my lesbian relationship, you know, X, Y, and Z. No, it's, it's more so to the point of what you talked about in those institutions of things like marriage and commitment and understanding and things of that nature. So I think you make a great point there, doc. Well, one thing these kids will never have to worry about. It's something
1: that took me over 50 years to understand, let alone um, do something positive with. And that is that, you know, and I'm talking about this part right here because I think it's beautiful that those kids will, if they choose, they can find their fathers. They can find out where they came from. You know, I went through that. It pulled me for three decades. Um, and I didn't even realize that it's in the Goldcats that maybe my mother didn't want to be found. I had never considered it all 20-some all years that I was looking until they said, well, we know the person that could be. Then all of a sudden, but we want to call her first not everybody wants to be found the fact that they have removed that from the equation for these kids is huge
0: i am telling you it is huge And and i'll tell you something else that's interesting too that you mentioned that is that you know our our podcast is based in the united states but when i hop on you know the laptop or the ipad to start researching uk china um, you know, universally people wanting to remove the anonymous piece for the, you know, the sperm donor and all that different kind of thing. Like, I think it's very important, again, as that institution of fundamental learning that we are absolutely curious of what the other half looks like, you know, and, and I think it's epic for Julie and Amber to absolutely say when they turn 18, if they want to know about dad, they can take that journey, I, I. it just gives me goosebumps.
1: Yeah, and their kids are gonna be so close in age. This the, the journey, and, and, and it is just, I. you know, I guess what I was getting at, I'm gonna just use this as my final thought. I look at this in a way I've not looked at this dynamic of family ever before, because I was, Alluding to the fact that it took me all these years to realize that family is totally based in love. It's relatives that's based in blood. And I always wanted family, not relatives. Mm. And it took me 50 some years to understand that.
0: But I'm so grateful that I did finally. So. No, I just- I have to sit with you for a minute on that doc because you know the the listeners can't see you, but I can. And I just want you to know that regardless of who your father is, what happened, all of that. Mm-hmm. The reality is is that you took the DNA of both of those individuals and created something fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I just I want to be able to share that moment with you because when we started this show, I, and I thought about the topics and I thought about how we were going to explore all of these different cultures. I never realized what a profound effect that this show would have on you specifically in the triggers that you overcome and have to face and the healing that you do right here in front of our audience week to week. Um, it's yeah. a beautiful thing to watch that happen so i just you know i wanted to be here with you in that moment
1: well i appreciate that Jax. i really do um and a lot of it has to do with you know you you get great great content great guests and uh and lucky for you half the time i don't even realize what we're gonna be talking about until i get in here because i probably run in the opposite direction <laughs> So, but, but it's just, I just, you know, I'm 60 years old now and I'm getting to that point where I can look at like these, these ladies and the baby and the, even the one that's not even here yet. And I can be encouraged that this world is going to get better because of people like them making it better. You know, if every person would just realize today, Hey, how about we take kind to kinder? Why don't we find one E in one R and just push it up close to what we already have. You can take smart to smarter, great to greater, bright to brighter, on and on and on. And that's just what they've done. You
0: can do a, a lot with just a little if you try. That's, that's beautiful. Final thought? That was it. That's beautiful. Folks, for my final thought, uh, it's, it's simply this. We live in a very big, big world that sometimes seems to have very small ideas, and we need to grow those ideas to be as big as the world that we live in. The cultural community that we can have between everyone, regardless of their sexuality, regardless of what their religion is, regardless of what their race is, you see week after week with the doc and I, you hear it from the people. You don't hear it from us. You don't hear us from our opinions. I think the three fundamental things that we absolutely all want are number one, to be loved. There it is. Number two, to be understood and ultimately to live and let live. Until next time, I'm Cowboy Jax with my good friend, Dr. Lorne Michaels-Harris, and we'll see you on the next episode of License for Love, The Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation.
1: Be encouraged, see you next time.
0: You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lorne Michaels-Harris, The Heartbeat in Relationship Conversation.